0: Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Cameron, and I like to party. And my name's Jake,
1: and I like to party. What? No, Jake, I know for a fact you don't party. Oh, right, right, right. Dave's the party guy. What? No! Who's
0: Who's Dave? I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. All right, fine. We all like to party. So today, let's party like it's 1998.
1: Righty, welcome back regionaires and it's awesome to be here my name is Jake and my name's Cameron I like to party <laughs> and as you just heard from the awesome intro we do like to not only party but we've got an awesome episode today talking about the year 1998 and a, f- a couple of other fun things as well so Cameron how's it going today uh it is great
0: It is, first off, today we're recording, it is October 2nd, 2022, and uh, just a a little more explanation, talking about 1998, because today's episode 98, crazy that we are this far into it, but exciting. Wow, that's awesome. It is awesome. Jake, what's up with you? I guess I didn't say anything about me yet. Yeah, yeah, I asked you first. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, I'm great doing nothing really remember a long time ago i said i've been playing sonic dash on my phone a lot i I said that a while ago (laughs) anyway i checked the time on it i've got like 70 hours in that game which is way too much (gasps) it's like why am i playing this silly auto runner so much but it's kind of just my go-to laying on the couch game so i decided to switch over now i'm playing sonic rivals which is A lot more fun. It is similar. It's an auto runner, but it's versus three other actual people. So it's a little racing game.
1: Ah, okay, okay. That sounds kind of
0: cool. So you switched from one Sonic to the other. That's right. Still a lot of fun. If anyone needs a good free phone game, play Sonic Rivals. I'll beat you. Hey, it's editing Cameron, and it's called Sonic
1: Forces, not Sonic Rivals. Awesome. Well, I trust you're already an expert. Yes. So, what's going on with you? Well, today, I just got back from my assignment in Osaka. I got back literally 30 minutes ago, actually. I waltzed on into my apartment, not literally, because that'd be weird, with my giant suitcase full Mm. of all my goodies.
0: Welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you. So, for those of you who had not listened yet, I have been in Osaka for the past month, and I just got back to Tokyo um, from the Shinkansen, which is the bullet train. It was a pretty nice ride. I slept most of the way, but I spent some of that time writing down a few notes of what I was going to talk about today, because yesterday I went to someplace pretty darn cool. Ugh, I'm so mad. So jealous. <laughs> All right, so drum roll, please. I went to... Now that is a great drum roll. I like that. So, uh, yesterday I went to Universal Studios Japan. And not only that, because that is an amazing place, and of course I got to basically spend most of my time roaming that entire area, Mm -hmm. I went to the legendary Super Nintendo Land. Nice! Yes, which was basically an entire dream come true the whole time I was there. It was fantastic. And... I need to just like organize my thoughts right now because (laughs) like if you're listening to this you're probably a nerd and as you know cameron and i are huge nerds about this and it was pretty amazing (laughs) let's build up to the mario what else did you do at universal first ah okay so first off uh my really good friend reika she uh, took me to universal studios japan uh, as they call it usj and she was a former employee there so she not only knew people who worked there and knew all the ins and outs and where to do things and what time to do them. Uh, She gave me a lot of really good tips to share with you and Lindsay when you finally decide to come over here. Which we have already
0: decided. Fun fact, people, if you didn't know, Japan is open and we are booked for spring break 2023. Finally. So pumped.
1: Yes, it's gonna be pretty awesome. So, there's a lot of good itinerary details and items that I cannot wait to show to both of you, and we're all gonna explore and have an amazing time, of course. But anyway, USJ, it's in Osaka which is where I was just at. It is quite close to the coast, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's not quite as big as Universal Studios Orlando, but it's still pretty big. Um, There's not as much room in Japan. It's still a pretty big park, and there's a lot of people. It generally gets pretty crowded. So a lot of the rides are pretty similar to the rides that are in Orlando and in uh, Hollywood. Okay. Two parks there. So, uh, USJ is interesting because it's got a, kind of a mix of different attractions and rides from Universal Studios theme parks from around the world. And, like, there's Jurassic Park, there's Water World, uh, there's the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, Super Nintendo Land, uh, the Movie Lot, Spider-Man. They just had a big <laughs> Resident Evil attraction that was not going to be there for much longer um, when i was there but i did get to take some pictures and got to talk to some of the workers there i got my picture taken with the raccoon city police (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um over there it's the biohazard attraction of course Mm, of course and let's see there's wonderland which is like a kitty themed place snoopy is kind of the main focus right now and minions um just to to backtrack you said water yep. World. Is that like
0: just a water park, or is it themed after the crappy Kevin Costner movie?
1: <laughs> it's themed after the crappy Kevin oh my Costner gosh. movie. Why? So, <laughs> it's it's not an actual world. It's not like a um like like a land area. It's uh-huh. it's one attraction. It's oh, a okay. gigantic auditorium that's built like ramshackle type thing. Like like you're like you're uh, observing an adventure from the movie, uh-huh. um, and that's basically we're watching a very epic action show. That's based on the movie. So there's like jet skis, boats, guns, all kinds of crazy flashy effects. It was actually pretty cool. Okay, that's so cool. And the biggest thing you will notice, obviously, is everything is in Japanese. What? Yeah, I know. Like, all the characters speak in Japanese, all the videos and movies are in Japanese. I mean, it was it was just kind of cool. But uh, most of the employees w- w- do know English, and when they did see me, they would try to uh, speak little English with me, which, is, which was kind of fun. <laughs> so, that was basically it. I got to waltz around the Wizarding World as uh, as a Slytherin in my Slytherin robe, which was a lot of fun. So, how'd you get that robe? Uh, it belongs to my friend. She oh. has all of them. And I told her I was a Slytherin, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. So I got to go on that one ride with, I don't know the name of it, but it's like the, the you know, you're in the pod and it moves you around and you're watching the 3D video. Oh, What's is that it called? like,
0: is it a Hagrid thing or is that a coaster?
1: It's the one that's in the castle.
0: I don't know if, uh, yeah. what they are, because I've never been obviously to either location. Mm-hmm. I just know okay. uh, there's like Flight by the Hippogriff, which is like a famous one. And yeah, I know yeah, yeah. there's like a a motorcycle Hagrid ride,
1: but that that's really all I know. Yeah. Okay, but this one's like a 3D film, like it's like a 4D adventure kind of that moves the pot around, and you're it's like you're flying on a broomstick, basically. Oh my um, gosh, I that seems funny that those still exist. Like yeah, like they
0: were a product of the late 90s, and then <laughs> still like the fact that they're still around is just weird because they were. They were jarring. I remember Uh Kings Island had a 007 one Mm. where it's first person, like you're 007, and Mm -hmm. he's driving a motorcycle over train tracks, and your seat's going, (laughs) I remember that being really, really cool, and one, like a Jurassic Park one where it was also 3D, and so you're like in the Jurassic Park Jeep getting uh, tossed around, and sure, they were really, really cool, especially as a kid, but uh, yeah. I'm surprised that there's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I will add one more thing. One we did where it wasn't your seat that moved, but the entire room, and Uh that wasn't quite advertised that that's what was happening. And so, of course, Hmm. Dad got in the seat and sat like his phone on the floor. And that went flying as soon as we started. But luckily, some guy like in the front row, like far in the corner, like holds it up at the end. It's
1: like, someone lose this? (laughs) Anyway. That's funny. (laughs) So this is like a combination of both. Uh, It it lifts you up, and it actually moves around on a track. So, like, it drops, it goes up and down, it shakes around. It's a mix of, like, animatronics, special effects, and 3D video. So it was really cool for that reason. And, of course, um, as you're walking through the queue through the castle, which is nice and air-conditioned and very (laughs) gloomy and spooky, uh, the sorting hat is... Saying all the ride things to you in Japanese, or like the, the details <laughs> of what to expect, you know, kind of. Yeah. It was it was really cool. So, yeah, that was the visiting world. Oh, I got to have a butter beer, and that's really good as well. Tasted like cream soda, delicious. Did you like it? I'm actually not a big fan of butter beer. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It yeah. just tasted like cream soda with a nice little frothy head.
0: Yeah. Mm. Did you have the choice between like that or their butter beer ice
1: cream? Uh no, oh they didn't. Not not uh, at least where I was. Might have been a separate area, but mm. yeah, that's that's normally what I go for is the ice cream. Hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, but as you're walking around Universal Studios, it's pretty cool. But uh, since Mario is still a very new thing, uh, there's a lot of hints that Mario is nearby, especially as you get closer to the attraction, the uh, f- uh, facilities and some of the Fixtures and um, lights and stuff—they start to look a little more, just slightly Mario-esque. Meaning, like the manhole cover is like in the shape of a coin. Mm. Uh, like some of the numbers on the on the street are digital-like numbers. They're like the pixelated numbers, and yeah. the street lights—they've they, got kind of a mushroom kingdom feel to them. It's like it's kind of hinting, oh, you're near Mario, and you have to uh, reserve a ticket, but it's free. Which is nice. Okay. And after you're checked, you get to walk on through a very long pathway. It gets exponentially more Mario-like as you're walking through it. Mm-hmm. So the path starts to change from asphalt to Mario-esque. I can't really explain it, but it starts to look more cartoony. Everything around you starts to change. There's like a pipe. There's music that gets uh, progressively louder. And the experience is like designed so well to make it seem like you are entering the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. And when you finally get there, there's a queue to the right with a bunch of people lined up to, you know, get their picture with the with the pipes. I didn't really care. I just wanted to walk through the main big pipe, mm-hmm. which you walk through it, and as you're walking through, you hear, like, the doo-doo-doo noise, and there's <laughs> lights all around that make it seem like you're going through, and you walk out, and you're in Peach's uh, castle, the main room, with the uh, giant sun on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know that main area with with is, the four coins. Is it playing the music too? <laughs> yep, it's playing the music, and you're looking around, and then you exit, and where are you? You're you're in Super Nintendo Land. It's like the whole world has changed around you. Everything is Mario now. Yeah, how just I wonder how surreal was this? How surreal was it? Yeah. Well, it was like it was like entering a dream. It was all it was almost like getting deja vu like we'd seen enough videos of this and we've been anticipating it so much to the point where I was like am i is this real right now pinch me i'm dreaming <laughs> i can't really explain it another way yeah but you get the option to get a wristband mm-hmm. and you can walk around and there are uh, question mark blocks and just regular blocks and th- Little fun Easter eggs that you can ha, Easter eggs uh, <laughs> that you can tap uh, your wristband on. It'll make some kind of an effect or a noise. The more you do that, the more points you'll accumulate that you can track on the app. So that's one little thing. But I will say, Cameron, I did not do that this time because that is one thing I wanted to save for when <laughs> you came. <laughs> nice, thank you. So, so yeah. what do you get? Like, if you're tracking points, what do those go towards? As far as I know, it's just kind of a, a sense of satisfaction because every day there's like a leaderboard of who can get the most points. Oh. So you kind of want your name up on the leaderboard, I think.
0: I wonder if it unlocks anything just like on your phone,
1: like wallpapers or something. You know, that's a really good point. I do not know, to be honest. Okay. But I guess we'll find out in the near future, right? Yeah. But if you don't have a wristband, that's fine. There's plenty of things to do. There are amazing costumes. Uh, we got a picture next to, in Japan, he's called Kino Pio. In America, Toad. it's Toad. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Who is? It's it's like a um a very short costume. And it's like so cute because you can stand around Toad, and he'll take pictures with you if you like beckon him ah! to come over. <laughs> so it was just it was fun. Did you see Mario? Oh, absolutely. I saw Mario and Luigi. They had a very, very long queue line, so I did not <laughs> wait for them. But I got some pictures of them from a distance. It's just fine. Another fun little Easter egg is every so often you'll see Pikmin around the park. You have to look really close, but you'll find Pikmin just in random areas. They're not oh. supposed to be in plain sight. Again, another Easter egg.
0: Now, it's not like you say it's Nintendo Land, but it's it's Mario Land, right? There's not it yeah. If there's not like Samus it, and Link.
1: It's it's Mario. Nope, it's primarily Mario and all of Mario's buddies. Okay. But under construction right now is Donkey Kong Land. Ooh, when's that open? I do not know, but it is oh under construction. God. If that opens by the time we're there, that would be sick. Yes. So right next door, we've got a new whole genre of Nintendo coming out. So I'm super excited about that. But that's the main gist of kind of the layout of everything. I mean, it's, you've, you've got effects everywhere, spinning coins, uh, Goombas walking around on the, on the tops of the walls, piranha plants everywhere just popping out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it's all interactive. And you just don't want to stop taking pictures. You don't want to stop looking. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just uh, mm, that, that's a basic gist of, of the main area okay for sure oh shoot sorry
0: just open it up it opens in 2024
1: oh snap that's that's quite a while yeah well i'll just make sure i come back then too yeah that just gives both of us an excuse to come back hopefully i'm not gone by then but (laughs) who knows Mm. well if you are we'll we'll just go back together that's true that's true so there are a couple of good rides Mm -hmm. and one of them i did skip the biohazard ride four, which was koopa's um challenge i think the mario kart one oh, okay so tell us about it what was that like hmm. koopa's challenge that's the vr one where you can drive around uh, in, the, in the mario kart with like a vr helmet it's, it's like half and half so it's in koopa's castle when i say koopa by the way it's bowser yeah koopa is bowser king but in koopa. japan he's called yeah king, king koopa so he's koopa everywhere in japan so the Q line is really kind of cool because it's it's pretty interactive. You got a lot of animatronics and a lot of um, Mario themed racing stuff that you can just look at, videos yeah. and such. So it was it was a 90-minute wait, quote unquote, 90 minutes. It was not 90 minutes, it was it was much shorter. Okay. Just because the line was moving pretty fast. The first bit was Koopa's Castle. And it was themed as if you were going into his castle like from Mario 64 with the gigantic Bowser statue mm-hmm. and it had the creepy music and everything and a little bit further it was like a kind of a, like, a, like a pit almost like a racing pit with the tires and all the tools and everything. Yeah. And the last part it started to look like a, a factory and we've got these bob bombs being manufactured and it's all like a combination of three videos and moving parts. Yeah. So again pretty cool and it gets even more legit as you walk in because the the video explains what to do. I guess you'd call it the in-ride video or the the ride what's that called? the, the pre-pre-ride like, video or sure. whatever. It's like it's like um Mies. Oh. <laughs> mm. Oh, Mies. And it's nothing is spoken, everything is just shown mm-hmm. so that you know no one misunderstands anything. And it explains how this ride works, which it's Mario Kart, obviously. It's a real cart that you're driving. And on top of that, it's like a VR type thing. What's that called? Augmented reality? Yeah. So each Mario Kart has four seats in it. And it goes along a track. First off, you put this Mario th- headband on around mm-hmm. your head, right? And then you sit down in your nice little cart seat. And then you slide this thing onto your hat or whatever. And from then on, no matter where you look, you see something. It's like augmented reality.
0: Yeah, I think to, to describe what you're talking about, it's like a, it's like a Dragon Ball Z scouter. In, like, just like in front of your eyes, right?
1: A Dragon Ball Z scouter.
0: Like what Vegeta wears over
1: one eye? Oh, yeah. What a scouter yeah, okay. say about his power,
0: about his power level? level.
1: Yeah, it's, it's over 9,000! The meme 000? of the century, right there. <laughs> There's no
0: way that can be right. <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. Why is that? Why is that like the standout meme from that show? But anyway, <laughs> but that's a good explanation, right? Except it's going over
1: both eyes. It's going over both eyes. Yeah. So you're seeing the real everything around you on top of whatever fun digital things fly in front of you, which could be shells or drivers around you. And then it takes you along this track that you have to guide partially. Because whenever you see a left or right, it's, it's like a quick time event. You have to turn left or right. And if you don't, when it says to, you spin out. But the goal of this ride is to hit as many enemies as you can with your shells that you collect periodically when you cross over a question mark block. Mm-hmm. And you shoot them at the bad guys. Not the Mario characters, but the Koopa characters. And to do that, you just have to look over at them and you press shoot and then it flies over and hits them. Okay.
0: To to back up a little bit, how is this working with four people? Are they all just kind of having their own unique experience in their head? Yes. Or is everyone Mm -hmm. seeing the exact same thing? So like those quick time events, like you're saying, where they have, how's that happening with four
1: people? to be honest i don't know it might be dependent on whether or not people drive correctly like when there's a turn yeah does that make sense cuz like it, it takes you along a track and if you turn right when there's a left it's going to spin out okay so i think everyone has to kind of you know pay attention okay so maybe it
0: takes like it's like okay 3 out of 4 did it so it's going to happen <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Seems we had uh, our own little spin out there with some technical difficulties. Jake, continue where you
1: were. So as you're going along the track, you have to hit these enemies. And the point is to be number one in your group of four on your Mario Kart Okay. and hit the most and collect the most coins. You want to be able to collect over 100 coins. I didn't do particularly well. I think the people who were in with us were... Experienced And they'd done it before. (laughs) They seem to to know exactly what they were doing. But there is a leaderboard that you want to uh, get to the top. And that's really cool. And that's also something that's interactive with your wristband. But the track changes theme as you go along. It's at first like a speedway. And then it gets like underwater themes. And the wind effects and all the feels and stuff. That's blowing on you the whole time. It's really cool. And of course, it ends on Rainbow Road, which was easily the best part. Yeah, but I'm not gonna go into detail about that because okay. it's just cool. It needs to be experienced. And then I had one more question
0: how uh, How coastery is it? Is it like really oh, fast, coaster-y. or is it more of a just
1: immersive experience, but not like a thrill experience? Yeah, it's more of a, an immersive experience. It's okay. not like adrenaline pumping in the sense that you know, there's a. It's super fast or super high. It's just it's just fun. It's like a dark yeah. ride that's super super high tech that's awesome I can't wait yeah there are parts that are kind of fast but it's not super super crazy whenever you hit the mushroom boost
0: yes <laughs> are there any other rides there I know that's like the
1: main one is is there a Yoshi thing yeah there's there's Yoshi's Adventure and that one's more aimed at kids mm-hmm. we didn't go on it but it's it's a Yoshi car and you go around the whole area and you just look at stuff and it's cute and it's fun an easy, slow ride for everyone. Nice. And there's a few more small things that are like games, basically, interactive games that you have to play with your wristband, mm-hmm. but we didn't do those. The only ride we could do in that area was Koopa's Challenge because it was the one that you had to wait the longest for, and I'm pretty sure it was the coolest of them. Yeah. Other than the gift shops. Oh, yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Uh, you'll just never find more amazing Mario stuff in your life. <laughs> what, what kind of stuff did you get? Oh, well, I got a watch and several pens. I basically got all my Christmas shopping done. <laughs> and <laughs> I got... Oh, okay. Here we go. I, I did get something for you. Do you want oh. me to tell you what it is? Uh, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got... They had, they had a bunch of Mario plushies, right? Of course mm-hmm. they did. Basically every Nintendo character was there but there was a small selection of like velvet type mario plushies like about this size Mm -hmm. Uh, they were made specifically for the opening the grand opening but because the grand opening was not really big because of coronavirus there's still a bit of a stock left so i got a couple of those for us nice exclusive rare mario that's oh, yeah, awesome. it's pretty cool he's got a little gold coin on his shoe why is it on his shoe because it's classy <laughs> <laughs> it's not a toy it's a collectible they're like his penny loafers yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh hold on that's 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 what we say every time there's a mario pun how about that yeah
0: that's awesome is
1: the park as small as it seems no it's pretty big yeah you'll do a great bit of walking We did like 20,000 steps that day. Well, I'm talking just in Mario Land. In Mario Land? It's not super big. Yeah. It's it's sizable. There's enough to walk around and stay there for quite a while, I'll tell you that. Okay. But it definitely makes up for its size in the stuff that you can look at and do. All right, cool. And then uh, last question just about timing-wise
0: and, I guess, really the tourism of Japan. (laughs) Although, that being said... You've been there pretty tourist-free for the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm guessing you don't know how it's going to spike now that it's reopened. But how would you guess mid-March would be,
1: or I guess end of March, compared to summertime in terms of busyness? Well, I would guess that it's going to be pretty busy, to be honest. Yeah. And that's because of spring break. The kids are going to be on spring break. Mm. Hmm yes darn it so that's okay because there's still plenty of time to plan and i'm gonna have reika help me out with that okay all right Mm -hmm. we'll make it happen yeah for sure it's gonna be great well and then japan
0: as a whole do you think is that when spring break happens end of march
1: more or less everyone yeah oh Mm -hmm. shoot (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i mean like there's only one time that can be done here so yeah but it's okay. I'll do my very best to make it a memorable experience. I've got the inside information for this. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it is. It is. So there was Jake's
0: wonderful adventure into Mario Land. And it sounds
1: like it was awesome. I can't wait to go myself. And by the way, all the crew members there, they're always saying, like, let us go. <laughs> And they ask you to do it with them. So be ready for that. Okay. I'll be ready. Mm.
0: So let's go and move on to the actual uh, title of this episode, 1998. So we'll start off by saying Jake has been very busy. I did all the planning for this. So I'm going to do most of the talking here. But 1998, when it comes to video games, was one heck of a year. And pretty iconic for the stuff that came out during this time. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of dive into here's all the the games that stood out to me that came out in 98. Jake, you can say whatever you want as I go. And then I just got some facts about some of them here. So obviously the big two that we generally talk about is Ocarina of Time and Banjo Kazooie. Uh, We're not going to say anything else about those. We've talked about them enough, but just those two games alone make it for a great year. Pretty much. Here's uh, what else I found. We got Metal Gear Solid, Crash Bandicoot Warped, which is a great Crash Bandicoot party game. And then Half-Life, the first Half-Life, Fallout 2, Starcraft and Starcraft Brood War, the expansion, Resident Evil 2, Sonic Adventure, F-Zero X, Tekken 3, Spyro the Dragon, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Gex Into the Gecko, Rainbow Six, Mario Party, 1080 Snowboarding, Pokemon Yellow, and Dance Dance Revolution. All amazing games. I've played a good chunk of those. Yeah. All of these games, incredible. And I know this list is bigger, but these are the ones that stood out to me. But that was 19 games. Like... 19 very notable games that had big impacts going forward. Wait, are you sure it was 19 games and not 98 games? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was it. (laughs) 1998 games. (laughs) So looking at this, one thing that I thought stood out for me was this is actually a big year for PC. I don't really know what PC gaming looked like in the 90s. I know computers then were not what they are now. Right now, they are so gamer-focused and, uh, I don't know, more consumer-friendly. While back then, I feel like it was only the people who really understood them had them or or were playing games on them. So I wanted to talk a bit about those games, those big PC games, starting Mm. off with StarCraft. Like, StarCraft is huge for Blizzard. And I'm surprised, actually, how long it's been... Since StarCraft Two came out, with nothing else happening, but let me uh, give you some facts here. So, initially, it was shown off at E3 in 1996, and it got bashed on. Everyone hated it because, really, it was just a like reskin of Warcraft Two, but all spacey. That looked pretty lazy. Did not look good on their part. And so they, they took the next two years and kind of just redid it completely refocused and crafted it, starcrafted it into <laughs> <laughs> what we, we know and love today. Initially it was about space vampires, but uh, they decided against that luckily. Mm. And then here's a, a fun fact. One of the main characters is Sarah Kerrigan. She starts out as one of these psychic Terran commandos uh, along with uh, Nova. Nova's one of the also iconic ones. But Kerrigan, she gets turned into the Queen of Blades, like Queen of the Zerg. Actually, it's funny as I'm talking, like I know Warcraft lore so well and like Overwatch and stuff like that. But I know nothing about Starcraft. I never got (laughs) into these games because I think I, I joined too late where everyone was just way too good. And so I just, Mm. I didn't care. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. How does she become Queen of Blades? Hopefully it's a cool story. Sure it is. (laughs) But fun fact and kind of a jerk fact on Blizzard's part about her name, Kerrigan, named after Nancy Kerrigan. If you don't know who Nancy Kerrigan is, she is the one who Tanya Harding, her ex-husband, hired some thug or something to club Nancy Kerrigan in the kneecap good old-fashioned kneecapping you remember this have you watched i tanya no i haven't it's so good it's oh. a really good movie but these these are figure oh skaters my. big okay lots of drama in the figure skating uh world oh geez yeah that happened it's also one of the verses in headline news the weird owl song <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <Once> there <laughs> was a girl who Swore one day, one day that she, she would be, be a figure, figure skating, skating champion And win. she finally made it She saw another girl who was, was better That was scary Oh my gosh and so, and so she hired some guy to club her in the, the kneecaps
1: <laughs> That was a good rendition That's a good rendition. I love that song. (laughs) So
0: there you go. There's the story. But anyway, Tanya is the name of like one of the main characters from Command and Conquer, which was like competition for StarCraft. Yeah, yeah. Right. So StarCraft's like, yeah, well, we got the girl who's better than Tanya. That's uh, why they named her Sarah Kerrigan. And one of the, the really cool things about StarCraft is it kind of kicked off esports. It wasn't really a thing before this. And it, it's been nationally televised in South Korea since 2000. Really? Yeah. StarCraft? Huh. Mm hmm. Most tournaments are live streamed online now, not, uh, well, at least since 2015, not on TV. But once upon a time, a StarCraft tournament had more people in attendance than the Super Bowl.
1: Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a big deal. Holy cow. That's crazy. Right there, an indicator of how serious esports were starting to get, huh? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they've continued to grow. Absolutely. Showcase the power of the nerd. Power of the
0: nerd. One thing that the power of the nerd cannot save was StarCraft Ghost. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there was this spinoff that starred ghost um what's her actual name no it's StarCrafted ghost what did i say her name is nova mm. was i saying nova uh, well nova uh was the main character of this and it was like a third person action shooter game and it was shown off in 2002 or so and then was kind of just continually delayed and then put on permanent hiatus in 2006 and okay. so now uh it's a ghost yeah It really is.
1: Yeah, that's really about it. Again, I never played it much. Me neither, to be honest. I've heard a lot about it, but that's one game that I've got zero experience with.
0: Yeah, to give you some perspective of how late I was to the game, like, it looked like crap when I was playing it. I was like, oh, why? This game looks so old. Like, why are people playing this? It's kind of like when you picked up Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, exactly. A little bit late. So another uh, PC game here was Fallout 2. And I've got nothing to say about this. I I did watch some gameplay on it. And it is interesting because the old Fallout games kind of played Diablo-like. Really? Where it's kind of like a... It's an isometric perspective, like point and click to move your guy around. Not at all what it is today. Huh. I mean, obviously, it was still really good story-based RPG. I just think it's really interesting for an established franchise like this is a sequel this is fallout 2 yeah for an established franchise to then go 10 years before putting out the next game fallout 3 came out in 2008 wow so 10 years there and then obviously fallout 3 is first person adventure much like you know oblivion with guns (laughs) it's just surprising to go that long to make the third game especially back then like Yeah, it's one thing where the sequel is long, long delayed,
1: but for the third game just seems out there. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Huh. I wonder why they did that. I mean, obviously there was a lot of possibilities and a lot of potential there, but did it really reach the popularity then, like when it first came out? I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't really check this game out. Cool.
0: uh, Fallout 3?
1: Fallout 2. Oh, Fallout 2. Yeah, I, I really don't know.
0: Hmm. okay but yeah lastly the the next pc game was half-life huge game obviously spawned half-life 2 which is one of the best games ever yeah but uh this one has a a fantastic sci-fi story and you can replay this now it was remade it's called half-life black mesa and it is on steam and so this is a very interesting story where black mesa is a mod essentially that this team of randos started working on back in 2005 mm-hmm. and then eventually this mod came out in 2012 and cool guy valve approved it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is great work. Let's put it out. Not like Nintendo, like, Oh, you're doing something that's ours. Nope. Gone. <laughs> no, valve was like, yeah, you've worked hard on this. Like, let's put it out. So they officially approved it. You can get it on steam. Now it came out quote unquote, officially officially in 2020 but ironically since it kind of started in 2005 came out in 2012 and then it's been worked on all this time it no longer looks that good <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it already needs another remake of it oh. but it's,
1: it's definitely a big improvement on the original okay mm. well okay so my question is did black mesa come out because of the mod is that where we get the lore behind Black Mesa, or was that a part of the original game?
0: So yes, Black Mesa is the science facility that the game takes place in. Okay,
1: gotcha. Yeah, all right. So they
0: just they named it
1: that. I can't hear that name without thinking of like "Still Alive" or something. Glados says, <laughs> "Maybe Black like Mesa." That was a that cha- was a joke. Haha, <laughs> 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 that <laughs> chance. Arch rivals of Aperture. Exactly. Hmm.
0: And 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 we never see that. We never see the payoff. Because in Half-Life Two episode two, I wanna say, mm-hmm. you get like this distress call from a fellow scientist, and uh in the background you can see aperture. So it's like, was well, she captured by aperture? What's going on? It's so funny that they made these two lores in the same universe. And they're like, Well, they're rivals, but the stories have yet to intertwine and make any sense
1: (laughs) Hmm. and that's where we get portal right
0: yeah that's what they need to do obviously half-life 3 the the hype around the possible existence of half-life 3 is so big that half-life 3 probably just can't exist because there's no way it will live up to anyone's expectations Mm -hmm. after all this time yeah so maybe they sidestep it by, making, by merging the story with Portal 3 ah. and giving us a unique combination of both. And maybe that would you know be novel enough to
1: uh, overlook the buildup, I suppose. Maybe. But part of the charm, I shouldn't say charm, part of the character of Portal is the fact that it's, the entire game series is almost like a liminal space type vibe where there's no yes. people it's it's kind of creepy and like empty and bare only populated by robots and yourself i do agree with you
0: they are very different atmospheres mm. but who knows you know portal 2 ends with the deletion of carol you know mm. her humanizing anchor so maybe gladys is uh fully unhinged and could better bring the
1: stories together who knows maybe it's a possibility well, we already know Cave Johnson is a giant statue. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? So, so, what's that have to do with anything? I'm just saying, if we get any kind of uh, uh, like combination of games here, if we like merge them together, there's going to be like no people. Everyone's going to be gone somehow. Could be, could be just head crabs. That'd be hilarious and creepy. And
0: robots, head crabs trying to possess robots, but they can't. There you go. Sell that idea to Valve. They're listening. It's fine. They got it. (laughs) Hey, Valve. How's it going? Make a game with a three in it, please. (laughs) All right. So I do want to hit on two more games here that were pretty big and iconic for 1998, the first of which being Resident Evil 2. We've played this game as the remake, and the remake is fantastic, for sure. You know, that's because it was building on an already fantastic game. However, I don't want to touch these controls in the original Resident Evils. They just, <laughs> they look so, so bad. And when I played the Easter egg version of in Resident Evil 5, it's like, how can anyone do this? This is so painful to control. But many did for a long time. So uh, here's some facts for you about the development. And it actually has a very interesting development here. So it started just one month after the first Resident Evil was finished. They immediately went into to 2, and it was planned to come out in March of 97, but for some reason, Capcom just wasn't happy with it.
1: Hmm.
0: It just wasn't a good enough improvement or something and decided to rework the game. So it kind of follows the same outline, but with very major changes. So first off, the original game is is now dubbed like Resident Evil 1.5. And you can see tons of gameplay of it on YouTube where it didn't star Claire Redfield. Hmm. It starred this girl named Elza Walker. Hmm. Elza was like this motorcycle enthusiast college girl wearing like motorcycle racing gear. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of an Easter egg to that because you can unlock that gear for Claire in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Okay, One of the differences being her story and Leon's story never crisscrossed like they do with Claire. And so I think they decided to change her to Claire to give it more connection to Resident Evil one, Claire Redfield and Chris Redfield. Mm. So they didn't feel as disconnected. They also really redid the environments quite a bit where remind me, was the police station in two? It's, is it like an old museum or like, what was it?
1: It was like a really old Building. Like yeah, there there are like museum elements to it. There were like there were things on display, yeah. But it yeah, was like, like a really this old yeah. Historical element. Yeah, I like sorry I can't remember no, what it that's, is. it's like an old historical building. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. a giant uh classy old building.
0: So that was not the case in one point five, so they redid all that and to make it look a lot more artsy, the environments look a lot better. And uh <laughs> here's a random tangent. You know, into you're finding like medall- you're finding like three medallions, I think, where you have to go put in a combination on some sort of device mm-hmm. and it spits out the medallion. Yeah. The first one is just like at the top of the stairs in the main lobby, Uh huh. but you don't know how to open it. You have to find the clue. Yeah. However, no joke. The first time I played this, I went up to that thing. I'm like, Oh, here's like a puzzle. I need to solve this. I'm like, I'm just going to put something in just to see what happens. Yeah. And i put in the exact correct combination on my first try what and it popped open and gave that to me and i was like um was that supposed to happen and then no like an hour later i find the note that has the actual combination on it it's like how did i just put that in oh my god how did i do that
1: you probably watched a playthrough video on youtube when you were sleeping (laughs) and you (laughs) forgot to turn it off
0: (laughs) when i was sleeping
1: (laughs) oh my gosh that's kind of awesome actually. It is. I was blown away. Yeah. And then there's this redo uh,
0: made the character models a lot nicer, but at the expense of having to have less zombies on screen at a time, Mm -hmm. which is fine by me. I don't want more zombies on screen. That's too hard. (laughs) However, one thing they got rid of, which was cool, was they had these more dynamic outfits in 1.5 where, like, they changed as you took damage Mm -hmm. and, like, looked torn, things like that. And... There was also equipable stat gear that like gave you more inventory space or more armor, and that you know that's not a thing. They got rid of that. Okay. And then lastly, originally the story was a lot more conclusive, and they decided no, we have to make it more open ended to leave it open for future sequels. So, obviously that that was a good idea. Yeah. Okay. But it is weird if you go. To YouTube, type in Resident Evil One Point Five. There is so much gameplay of this game that never ended up existing.
1: I'm gonna look this up, and right it's now. just
0: very interesting to uh, to see that development.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did not know this was a thing.
0: Lastly, let's talk real quick. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid being a very important game here. Uh, here's some facts. So initially, it began development in 1995. Spent three years in production, which is kind of surprising. Back then, games weren't in in development that long. They were generally quicker than that. Mm. Hideo Kojima, the genius who uh, put this game together, designed uh, all the levels using Legos. <laughs> That's fun. That's cool. And then here's something weird. Snake is modeled after Christopher Walken. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? Yeah. And I can kind of see that in this original, very generic looking face on PlayStation 1. What else we got? There was a whole Japanese radio drama that was 12 episodes long that was supposed to take place a few months after the original game. And even stars the main voice actors, which is pretty cool. Uh, however, it's probably no longer canon because obviously they made sequels that did not follow the radio drama. Mm. And lastly, here's a, a very dumb one. It's called Metal Gear Solid because of it being 3D. We got solid character models, you know, not uh, two dimensional. <laughs> wow. And I guess it was the first Western release of a
1: Metal Gear. Oh, okay. Okay i remember playing that game on that pizza hut demo cd or demo oh, yeah and when i played that around the time or i should say before it came out must have been around 1998 it mm-hmm. mentioned that the level was or that the level that you're playing is still in production so it was not even released yet huh it was fun i remember it being very creepy and being super creeped out by the whole stealth mechanic it was hard and it was stressful that was because yeah. I was, like, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Snake, are you okay? Snake?
0: Snake! Before we end, here's just a little facts about sales that happened in 1998. So it's interesting because Nintendo kind of had, like, the best-selling games,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but PlayStation still sold way more consoles. <laughs> I think because they just had more to offer, things like uh, Resident Evil, mm-hmm. Gran Turismo, Tekken Three, Metal Gear Solid, Crash Bandicoot, and uh, Spire the Dragon. Like they had a lot to offer, but the biggest selling game of that year was a combination of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. So Game Boy, and then Resident Evil Two, and then Ocarina of Time. So I did not realize Resident Evil Two sold better than Ocarina of Time and, and that's worldwide. It's actually a little different looking at the US because the US Nintendo kind of took a lot of the sales with Pokemon uh, Ocarina of Time and GoldenEye. Hmm. But then the next games on the list are Gran Turismo Resident Evil 2, Tekken 3 in Madden 99, Metal Gear Solid and then Banjo-Kazooie. So PlayStation really had a lot to offer. Hmm. So they were they were like quantity and quality, while Nintendo was just a a bit
1: of quality, yeah sixty four bits of quality, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the PlayStation was thirty two bits, wasn't it,
0: yeah, which is so surprising, I think it's just because, like we talked about at the end of console wars, everyone was so hyped that the PlayStation was a hundred dollars cheaper than the Saturn. Mm. And it came out a year before the N64. So I think it just had that year to build and build and just get that success rolling. And by the time the N64 finally came around, there was no stopping the snowball,
1: Mm. you know? Yep. Tell you what, those are some pretty good games. They are. What a year! 1998. One that you mentioned earlier, Gex Enter the Gecko. That was a pretty fun game. Is it? Yep. Did you ever play that one? I
0: didn't, but I think AJ, hey, AJ, pretty sure he texted me after we were talking about
1: that in the Hub Worlds episode. Yep. He's like, yeah, that game sucked. Sucked? <gasps> that game was amazing. It was good on the PlayStation. The N64 took a huge hit. Like, they cut back on the graphics quality. Like, they took out so much from the N64 version, but the PlayStation version was good. It was made for the PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. There you go if you like gonna play it if you're a movie buff you'll love that game
0: i do like buff movies so (laughs) anyway jake uh we've gone on long enough thank you so much for sharing your wonderful adventure into another world
1: i hope that next time we talk about it it will be you and i talking about our experience there together oh heck yeah so that'll be awesome it will be awesome
0: dang episode 98 in the bag so close to 100 hmm. you know what the fun part about building up to episode 100 is is i feel like expectations are
1: high and i don't like that <laughs> I, I can't meet your expectations Ah, oh, but the good thing is because they don't have anything to go off of we can do whatever we want Nobody's expecting anything in particular.
0: I think they are, though. Like, that's a big milestone. Remember how much effort we put into episode 50? Yeah. But video episodes are so hard to make. Yeah. They take a lot of editing. And again, I don't know why our season three finale kept crashing my computer. Oh. I need to go back and try to fix that sometime. Hmm. Or, you know, maybe no one cares anymore. So... (laughs) Anyway, we'll see.
1: So uh, let's get out of here. My name is Cameron. And my name is Jake. And I like to party. I like to party too. Let's go. Let's go. Bye, guys. <laughs>